Oh, what's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to episode 79 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. Willie spent some time in historic Gallagher-Iba Arena this weekend. I was at the equally historic, actually maybe more historic, but not for wrestling reasons, Madison Square Garden. Um, but now we're back home after a nice Thanksgiving. Willie Saylor, how are you? I'm good. I That intro was a little weak, Christian Piles. Uh, what was weak about give, it? You usually give a much more um, animated... Oh, I know. What's going on, everybody? The the gravel wasn't in my voice. I don't know why. The, I, it's like, sometimes you can't really control. It. You think it's gonna come out, but it it doesn't. Always. Sometimes you draw it out longer, like like what's up, you know. <laughs> like can we, can we that, bring can we bring that back? The 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 what's up. Yeah. Why? Can you? Why that, was that a phenomenon? Honestly, the th- think of think about it, Willie. This this was up. That was like a Bud Light commercial. That like took over advertisements for like a year. It was all everyone was saying. How did like every time you saw your boys, you were like, you said it. You it had was, to say it. Yeah. And now it's like, but how did that come to be? Who there were there was a meeting, and <laughs> just can you imagine yeah. the guy? I'm the guy. I'm like guys. What if um. It's a bunch of friends, and he walks we into the room, and he says, "What's up?" And it's all these suits sitting around. They're like, "You know, Daryl, that's a fantastic idea." Well, let's run with it. Let's that's run good. with it. Let's let's dump a couple mil in this, and uh, let's hope. And it worked. <laughs> I mean, that is like amazing. Like I would never, if that came into my mind, I would just like be like, "No, oh, it's so You're stupid. Fired. That is so stupid, Christian. Don't say that. You're gonna get canned." And someone made a career off of what is still really stupid, but it was. At the same time, brilliant for some... somebody's like somebody's going to high school right now, and they and they show up and they're in a Porsche and they're like, "Wow, is that that girl's rich, huh?" She's like, "Yeah, her dad started the WhatsApp campaign." <laughs> What's <up? laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, incredible, incredible. Um, so that we just got derailed for only two minutes, but yeah, I'm sorry that my intro was weak. I'll, I'll try to bring the energy of the WhatsApp. Um, guys, you know what was not weak was the the, the flow wrestling, um, track wrestling, heated Twitter exchange this week. That was not well. It was kind of weak on track wrestling's part. What one tweet? I mean, I thought we were gonna have. A, I know, but as a, soon as as soon as there's comments back and forth, it's takes it gets the interest of yeah. And you know, people um people got all worked up from our radio show last week, Willie. Um, about yeah. the NWCA, oh, yeah. a lot of you know, a lot of feedback. Most of it was for honestly, but some were against. A lot of college coaches. Um, well, but, here's the thing that you know, the people, the people that understand the situation were are honestly for it. Um, the people that are against were mostly uh, close to the NWCA, and and the. The reason you don't hear any pushback really about it, right? So we put stuff out there, uh, facts. We put facts out there. Um, and the reason you don't hear any pushback is because there's nothing to refute. <laughs> it's irrefutable. What we're saying is true. And um, the, the NWCA has created uh, an anti-competitive monopolistic um, 
environment. Environment for wrestling. And how is that good for wrestling? I mean, how is this helpful that, that you know, you've enabled a, a company like Track Wrestling to do what they're doing? I mean, it's it's 100% monopolistic. I mean, we're, we were talking um, this weekend, and it, this isn't a – this is not a huge deal, right? Not for us, for Flow Wrestling as a business. The, right. the graphics integration thing that you can't see the scores, you can't see the names or the time. Like that's that's you know that's not good. But right, we'll find we'll find we'll have solutions for that if 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 they're going to continue with that. Right, if Track don't want to play, that we, we, you know it's not a big deal. We'll fix it. I mean, right. we'll, we'll get we'll get our own solution. So, um, but it just it's just embodies that mentality, right? Right, a hundred percent. And the the thing is, you know, without getting too much in the weeds, we we had an agreement. They promised that no matter what, even though we got into this event management, kind of in track wrestling's lane, um, Justin Tritz of track wrestling said, "Hey, no matter what, you always have integration. Whatever, that's fine. Great, thank you." Um, and now, so that's fine. He takes them away. But here's what we're saying: be real. Don't say it's about copyright infringement because not only do we know it's a complete and total lie that you are telling everyone in the wrestling community, specifically tournament directors, it's a complete lie. Be authentic. It's You're mad at us and you want to hurt us. But honestly, we're on two sides of this battlefield. Um, well, it's, self, it's self-preservation, right? They don't want to... He thinks. He thinks, but he's misguided because... Ultimately, we're on one side of the battlefield. They're on the other. And the the people getting caught in the crossfire and they're taking the damage are the fans and these tournaments, these tournament directors. Right. That's who's getting hurt more than us. It's not really hurting us, honestly. It's just making the events worse. It's just making um, them more difficult to consume. Um, you know, we're fine, but it's the fans that are ultimately harmed when they when they make this when they make this choice and it's all uh, the only reason they're they're doing it is because they can say well it's copyright infringement well okay where are we at well that's you know that's stupid right that's like they they know track wrestling knows there's there's no legal ground to stand on there that like if otherwise where would we be right we'd be in court if if um if it was really a copyright infringement then then continue to leave the graphics up you know continue to integrate um, and cooperate so that the fan experience is all right, you know, and and we'll be in court. Just do it that way. But they don't. They know that that's not true. It's like you know, a politician that's running a campaign and calls his um, calls his opponent a sexist or something. I mean, there's no, there's you no, just throw the words out there you and just it's... throw the word out there that sounds real scary, even though there's no, you know, no truth is, to it whatsoever. No truth. So, but this is this is the kind of behavior, and the NWCA has enabled this behavior and created this uh, a non-fertile ground for competition within wrestling, and it's it's a problem, and that's why we said we're we're going to continue to talk about it. We're going to continue to talk about the mistakes that we think the NWCA is making, and and this isn't just a flow wrestling thing, is it, Willie? Uh, no. I mean, when you look at the when you look at all of the. Um, Software guy, I've talked to or heard from, I should say, uh, had correspondence with um, a couple other software um, developers, Doug Sakura, um, uh, Kreider, you know, and they, these guys are saying, hey, you know, you're leading the charge. Uh, uh, we're with you, man. Like, it's not fair to us. It's taking jobs and money away from, from us, feeding our family. It's not, you know, uh, 
It's not an even playing field. So um, there, it, it affects more than more than flow. You know, we're um, we're outspoken. We're, we're, you know, we speak about it, but it's not just in our interest. It's not exclusively in our interest. You know. Right. Right. Hundred percent. So um, that's the that's the NWCA. That's that's our little bit. We'll give you little nuggets like this all the time here, probably moving forward. Um, but that's the, and, and okay. So that started with this this thing started this weekend with um, the event at Grapple at the Garden. So maybe we'll talk about uh, Grapple at the Garden a little bit. Heck yeah! Um, first time going, first time in the Garden, Willie. I don't know. Have you ever been to the Garden? I've never been in my life. It's cool, man. I mean, you know, you just you just know it's like wow, this is one of the most historic, um, you know, sports venues in the world, the world's most famous arena, um, in the greatest city in the world, in my opinion. And uh, so so it was great, and it got me really jacked up for for NCAA's as well. It just feels like the crowd's just going to be right on top of you. I think it's going to be a, a just a great environment for wrestling. But there was some great wrestling. That went on there, and of course, some big upsets. Uh, a team upset being uh, Rutgers taking out Cornell. And uh, I don't know if you got to watch that duel yet, but but Rutgers look great. They... Yeah, I've. Uh, I mean, I saw results. I didn't see all the matches. I was in um, Stillwater, but um, Rutgers. I mean, the results have been good. The results have been really encouraging. Um, I think a sign of a good program or that things are in the right direction is that when their superstar, you know, everybody has their superstars, right? Anthony Ashnold's going to be a hammer. Right. Um, like Logan Stever is going to be a hammer. Right. But it's when, it's when the Nick Gravinas are pretty. Yeah. Dark solid. It's when, it's when the Hayden you know, Hermack. Right. Right. It's when, um, yeah, it's when like, like Penn state had, you know, James Volrath and James English step up and it's it when when you see those kind of things, um, you know that the room is competitive. Right. You know? And they beat them down a starter. You know, they're, they're, Richie Lewis didn't uh didn't wrestle at fifty seven for them and instead it was John Van Brill. And uh you know, I I came away very impressed with that team. I don't think uh personally for me, Cornell didn't look the best that I think they're gonna look this year. I think that is obvious. I mean, I watched them. I did not think they looked um, Cornellish. I thought Dean looked great. I thought Nation looked great. I thought Real Buta looked good. Um, but I think we're going to get a better version of Cornell at, sure. as the season progresses. But still, I mean, that's just... But that's beyond the point, right? That's way beyond the point. And, you know, it's kind of like... I don't know. Maybe oh. we just bring up Rutgers. I bring up Rutgers because I felt like for years... Um, Scott Goodell got like way, way, way too much heat for um, the quote lack of production, and which lack of production meaning not getting NCAA All Americans. And I thought I was like, man, you know what, Rutgers, they're not amazing, they're not world beaters, but they put on a solid team. They really? wrestle. Um, they're getting multiple guys ranked nationally. Like I know you're in New Jersey, and maybe that being a hotbed, you think you should be better, and people in New Jersey, but. I always thought that I'm like Rutgers is fine, right? Rutgers is fine, and yeah. they're getting way better. They've got Donnie Pritzloff there. Coach Pollard does a great job. They've got Graf and Demas and these other guys um, in their club. Yeah, and, they've invested. They've um, really invested in having guys 
train there too at their uh, RTC. So um, that has to be helping. Yeah, and that helps. A, that helps a ton. I think that's there's a commitment, that, right? So there's a you. Commitment. You kind of. I think anymore. You have to be working to that end at your school to have a a guy where senior level guys can come and train. Um, I mean, NC State's really invested into that and will continue um, moving forward. I think I think it just helps so much um, across the board. So my point being, Rutgers was always fine in my opinion, and and Scott Goodale's a good coach in my opinion. And now it's like, see. It's fine. He's good, and they're getting better, and they're going to continue to get better. I mean, Anthony Ashnell's a sophomore, and he looks like a dynamo. Yeah, it takes time, and but you never know what you're going to get. You know, it, you have to have faith. Um, you see it. You see it more often. I don't know in football, right? It's like, all right, how long are we going to give this guy to get there? And maybe he never gets there. But um, <clears throat> Goodale, I think, has certainly gotten there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Great win and, for them. Yeah, you know, credit to the or, or the institution to Rutgers for saying, "Hey, we're making strides." Right? Even even when they were, they thought, well, people were complaining they weren't getting all Americans. Um, the administration saw that they were making strides. Right. Right. And I mean, they're the straight up. There's some D1 programs that you know don't really try to win. They don't really put. Yeah. You know, they they were working on. Anyways, enough Rutgers. Um, probably the, maybe one of the biggest stories was, was Jason Sertzis going down to Matt Simato, um, seven to one. And yeah. it, it was Jason's first match of the year. And, you know, with that, without getting too much into the, the personal details, Jason's been, um, dealt some pretty tough hands in terms of, you know, some close personal tragedies, some deaths in the family and friends and, um, your coach. And I just, I don't know. I just felt. And maybe I shouldn't feel sorry for him. I mean, he's a great wrestler, goes to a great school. But, I mean, I, I did. I, I empathized with maybe what he's going through. And maybe that had nothing to do with it. And Matt Samada was going to put it on him no matter what. But I just I just felt like, man, that's not the best version of Jason Sertzis I've seen. And you can't no, help think, but wonder the reasons why. Right. I don't think that anybody that watched that match thought that that was the best incarnation of J of Sertis, but um don't take anything away from Samato. You know, Samato I thought Samato has looked um really good this year. Um but obviously there's there, there's you know Sertis ain't at the top of his game right now. No, no. And yeah Samato's Samato's look good but you know Sertis isn't a guy he doesn't really get upset because Ben and I we did the rankings last night and we adjusted the pound for pound, and it was like there's really no precedent for this with, um, with Jason. You know, he loses to good guys. You know, he loses to Habit. He lost to Sorensen. He lost to um, a couple guys a year before, but all, you know, relatively solid. He lost to Sertzis and or he lost to Grothis and, and a couple other guys. But uh, all in all, he doesn't really lose to bad guys. So this is kind of an outlier in that regard. Or you can say, well, maybe Matt Samato is just that guy there's different ways you can kind of kind of look at it so better days to come jason certs his fans um you know i think he's going to be fine and uh i certainly i certainly hope that's the case and we get to see the 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 you know the uber talent that jason certs is clicking on all cylinders so those were some of the major major things you know princeton obviously hey princeton looks good right princeton looks really good um, Ray O'Donnell had a really nice weekend, almost got himself ranked. 
Um, so they they just have that's another team where like, you know the sometimes with these I'm not gonna say lesser programs, but not the premier programs where you're not good, you can be really bad, right? Like just guys just get smashed, but they're they're competitive, uh, even at the weights where they aren't, where they don't have their big guns, and that's that's another sign of a, a team on the move. So good. Well, for they're Princeton. doing really good. Princeton's doing really good on the recruiting front. Um, they're obviously you know. They're obviously doing the work in the room too, as far as coaching them up. But they have, have they've had good recruiting classes, and they already have uh, guys for the class of twenty sixteen and a couple guys for class of twenty seventeen, and so that looks like it's gonna they're continuing to push the envelope there. Um, we were talking last night, me and you, off 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 the air um, about Brett Harner and Ray O'Donnell. Uh, and and EIWA schools, maybe uh, Ivy League schools in general, um, they it goes so fast for them. I feel like right. Like they don't they don't often to they have very much um, less often have a red shirt or a gray shirt, you know, an Ivy shirt. Um, and these guys ended up being juniors and seniors really <laughs> really quickly. Right, right. You know, Harner's already a junior. Um, right. These guys seems are like changed. yesterday. These guys were in high school, but um, solid, solid lineup for um, for Princeton. Nebraska looked good as well. Hey, I, let's talk. I want to talk about Nation, man. He looked great. Did, I don't yeah, know if you got man. to watch him at thirty three. I he, have. I didn't watch that. You know, I love Montoya, right? But and, when he majors Montoya, right? That says something. That says something. I mean, it was a big. He had a big uh, four point move from a reversal where Montoya got a little overzealous, but um, he's scoring points, man. He looks. His go-behinds are just like – he just vanishes. Like, guys shoot, and it's like he's already got at the angle. Um, super impressed with him. I think – and that's one thing I'm super excited about for this weekend coming up at Vegas. A potential – and now 33 is nasty at, at Vegas, right? Because we've got Brewer. We've got Nashon, Ryan Taylor, JDJ. And that's uh, – there may be another big name I'm I'm forgetting. But it's Bruno. It's going to be a really good, really good field. And I think, and I've said this, I think Brewer, the one guy that's a, the biggest threat to Brewer is Nashon. I don't know if you agree, disagree with that, um, Willie, but I think. Um, well, I think, you know, I think everybody's always small. <laughs> oh, my but gosh. I think when, when Nashon, so, so coming into 33, I was like, eh, I don't know, you know, how's going to do up at 33? because of size then that was my only only consideration with him because he he's a talent man he has skills and if he's fine on the size uh side of things i don't i wouldn't be surprised if he won the whole thing yeah i think i i predicted him to get second we'll see what how he does um that i it's a great measuring stick for him against brewer um and brewers look great so far this year so it'll it'll come to a head this week in Vegas, which is going to be, man, that's one of the two or three best non-NCAA tournaments of the year. This one, as well as, um, you know, like the scuffle and, you know, Big Ten Conference. So we're looking forward to that for sure. Um, um, yeah, go what ahead, What did you Willie. think? Uh, Abaddon teched Mark Gray. Mark Gray didn't look. Nah. Like he, he, was, he didn't look in shape at all, you know. Not uh, at all. Maybe still trying to get his legs. Um, you know, it was an interesting match. Um, I'm just trying to look at the grapple the garden 
yeah. results. Dippery beaten Galasso, which helped Rutgers win, uh, beat Cornell. Dippery, Galasso kind of, I don't Dippery was a bigger name kind of in PA right. um, at, the, at the time. And Glasso beat him for a state title in the state finals. No kidding. Yeah, and so Dippery beating Glasso for Rutgers to win the duel is kind of like a cherry on top, you know, like a. Yeah, that was that was a huge duel, and um, it was. Uh, I'll be honest, it it was one of those where I'm watching, and I kind of felt like Glasso was maybe the better guy, but you know, those Central Dolphin guys, they got those tilts, and that's. That was ultimately the difference. If you can score on top, major, major, major points. And he got he hit the tilt. That was ultimately the difference. I feel like if they wrestle again, Dippery's going to need to get something going on his feet. I felt like Galasso really pursued hard. So it was a good match. Um, the, you know, and I think if they wrestle again, Galasso's got a great shot. But that was a – that was – I mean, there were a lot of 50-50 kind of situations where, you know, McCabe beats Macri. That could have went the other way. Mm-hmm. Dippery, Galasso, um, you know, and Crimac uh, Her- versus, I don't know if I'm saying that right either. I said it nine. Crimac, Hayden Crimac. I literally, if you don't go back and watch that match, but if you want to, <laughs> I said his name every, every different possible combination. Like I couldn't just like settle on one thing. I was just like, I'll, I'll get it right eventually. A Rymac. Okay, so yeah, he he beats um, Owen Scott in a really tough one. So they they won a lot of the the close ones, and Ashnall gets the pin in a match where you're not sure if he's gonna bonus too big. Uh, so yeah, all those little things ended up in a what looked like a kind of lopsided duel win, twenty one thirteen for Rutgers. Yeah, and then you know some up and down results for a couple like Abaddon beats Gray but then loses to Laster Suflon loses to Chris Perez I think those are um notable they're notable results. and and um Jonathan Schleifer who was having a good year Micah Barnes beat him yeah. so there's a, a couple interesting results out of oh Ray O'Donnell beat Colin Jensen so a couple and interesting Brooks results Black. out of the out of the Nebraska Princeton duel yeah yeah that was uh, yeah there was there was some of that going on um I forget who you just. Oh, Chris Perez was a guy. That was a match I I highlighted as one I thought would be really good. Um, and a lot of people don't know about Chris Perez. Um, New York New, guy. New York guy goes to Princeton. The the guy is is a talent. He's not always healthy, and that makes things hard. Um, I'm pretty sure he wrestled last year. I'm I'm think someone told me this like with a torn ACL. Like his ACL really? was just torn, and he was just he was just wrestling with it because wrestlers are. Incredibly tough people. So he beats um, Souflon in a battle of banged-up knee guys. Um, and it was like 12-11. I have not yet been able to go watch it. I know Perez hit a big like four-pointer um, early and ultimately was able to hang on. So Perez, definitely someone to keep an eye on, but he's been up and down this year. But another guy from Princeton uh, looking solid. All right, so that's grapple at the Garden. Um, how about the uh... – Intra state rivalry there, or it was kind of a one sided deal lately. But Iowa, Iowa State, uh, 33 to 6 for the Hawkeyes. Um, what do you take away from that? Uh, Iowa State won just two matches with Weatherman um, beating Rhodes. I mean, was and... there one one match that didn't go exactly how you thought it would? One, no, not no, really, not really. I mean, um... I thought. 
Clark Stole, Stole Smith, I thought would be more competitive. No, 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 no. never, ever, ever. You saw, you saw the fall coming there, bro. I guess I don't. Um, I guess I don't the fall, I don't know about fall. D d absolutely domination is what I would expect. Really, Ke Keon Smith is not. Uh, yeah, he's just. I've watched him quite a bit. He's been their starter for a couple of years. Stole, stole should beat him. A pin, I don't know. Pins are kind of fluky, right? And the so the for you, though. that was pretty much chalk. It was a completely chalk duel. I mean, you could say Clark beat Clark has always beaten Hall and beaten Ooh. Hall soundly, freestyle folk style. Um, I don't know if Hall's ever beaten him. And certainly not in college. So yeah, I don't I don't see anything that was terribly surprising. I mean, Iowa's about, much better uh, than Iowa State. Yeah. How about Okie State, Minnesota, twenty to seventeen? Ooh. Oklahoma State wins. Um, the surprises there, well, not surprises, but notables here. Um, Sam Brackell looked really good on top against Gary Wayne Harding. I mean, he looked really good in every position, but a lot of bonus point, a lot of uh, turns for a sixteen-two win. I don't know if if uh, Harding's long for this starting job. Um, he's you know he loses to Sims. He loses bad to Sam Brankale, who's a guy he should be able to wrestle with Brankale. Maybe I not thought, beat him. I think yeah. Brankale is very dangerous and talented, and he's kind of like the spark plug guy. He's got he can put a lot of points on the board. But Gary Wayne can wrestle with him. So to lose by fourteen, I don't know what they're gonna there's, do. There was a lot of two point exposures, two point turns in that one. Yeah, I mean, Brankale rode him like a dog. Yeah. Um, and then Heil Thorne, I thought was gonna be a good match. And it was Heil three takedowns to zero. Heil just shoots a lot, man. Like he, he shoots a lot. He's fun to watch. I really. love it. I love watching Dean Heil. Um, you know this 141 weight class. I can't talk, stop talking about how fun it is. And Dean Heil, maybe one of the more fun guys to watch. He's gonna wrestle Kevin Jack, number one guy, in really what's a what's a complete toss up match in my mind. Um, the, the way Heil's looking, the way Jack has looked. Who I, you got? Who you got? Hmm. I'm going to go Heil. Well, you're going to go Heil? Listen, <laughs> so, you know, the first – it was the first home duel. Flo was announcing – I mean, Flo was streaming live. We went up there. It just happened to be the same day as – same weekend as Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Football. Bedlam, to, to go to um, – pretty much to get or have a shot to get into the uh, playoffs for the national title – I mean, Oklahoma State treated me so well, man. I, I can't express how great the experience was and, and how awesome um, they treated us. And so um, we get to go up there again this weekend for NC State. But listen listen how cool this duel is going to be. You got the number one pound-for-pound pound in Derringer, the number two pound-for-pound pound in Gwizdowski, and probably the match to determine number one at 141 with Heil Thorne or Heil uh, Jack. So – it's going to be a really interesting dual meet. Yeah, Christmas. And and, and 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 NC State has a really strong dual meet squad. Yes, they do. Very strong. And it, and we saw we saw that um, you know Minnesota stayed with them. If Minnesota's hanging with them, you know, just looking at it real quick, you favor Clamara at twenty five at thirty three. J Morris, uh, their starter, NC State starter, beat Sam Brankale this year. So, yeah. you know, you got to favor him there at 41, toss up 49. Um, what version of Anthony Colica are we going to get Yeah, Colica looked not healthy. Uh, he didn't look very 
energetic throughout the match, and then he wasn't right. I, I, I'm sorry. Maybe you can say what you want. I like Anthony Colic a lot. I've said he's a title contender, um, and he just lost to Jake Short, and I'm not backing down yet. I still, I, I keep saying it. It's Oklahoma State in November. Um, he's, yeah. He's, listen, panic. I've watched him. He's a super talent. That was not the best version. Taking That's nothing right. away from Jake Short, but I'm I'm not gonna sell the farm on Anthony Colica now because he lost. I'm not. Um, he'll take and he might take some more lumps, but I'm not worried. I am worried a little bit about Chance Marsteller. And yeah, Chance. I'll tell you what. Do you want to know really- my? I watched that match, Willie, and here here was my takeaway. He was so worried, in my opinion, uh, about fatiguing like he did against Cooper. That he didn't do, he and I'm not saying he stalled, but he just did. He kind of waited, and then it absolutely. got to the point when he had to attack, and he just didn't have it to finish it. And I just absolutely, I'm not taking anything away from Kingsley. Fifteen seconds into the match, me and Brock looked at each other and go, uh, "He's he's trying to not gas himself out for the third period. He's yeah. trying to, uh, you know, not put the throttle down." And and have some energy in the tank for the third. Yeah. It was very apparent that that's what he was doing. Yeah, I know. Because when Chance when Chance wrestles, I mean, almost. Hey Willie, I gotta can... stop you here. Uh, All right. Our buddy uh, David Taylor is calling. He's so hold on. Door? Yeah. So we're gonna add him to group call. Hey David. Hey. What's going on, Christian and Willie here? How you doing, buddy? What's up, buddy? Good. How you doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. Um, so as as you guys know, we said we're gonna have David Taylor on, and here's David Taylor calling in. Um, first of all, David, are you are you back home? When did you get back from um, Azerbaijan? Yeah, I got home Saturday night. Um, you know, those trips are obviously pretty long. Usually, as soon as the competition's over, we get up, we head on the bus to the airport at like four in the morning, and then so you know, almost a twenty hour, twenty four hour trip on the way home. So, oh my god, it's uh. You know, it's just kind of part of part of the deal, you know, you're traveling nine hour time change over overseas. So but it's a great experience. The only time you can you can travel the world and, and do what you love. It's, it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. I mean you're you're a guy you you've you've done some tours now, you've done these overseas trips, I guess. have you um I mean that's kind of part of the, the, the experience, getting used to changing time zones and acclimating. Do you feel like that's a another big incentive to go on these tours? I think I think it is. I mean, you know, outside of this past year, you, when you're going to wrestle in the World Championship, the Olympics, you're going to be wrestling in different time zones. So being able to have that experience to travel, you know, have long travel and wrestle and a time change, you know, that's a that's a big deal. Because it's it just the thing about waking up in the morning at at two in the morning, three in the morning, and wrestling the best guys in the world. You know, if you are in the United States, so that's what it's like. You know, for those watching, you know, I know when I just competed overseas, uh, you know. Chris Fretwell and Don Machado, the guys that split up in compound were up all night, you know, watching and tweeting results and stuff, which is which is really cool to see those guys supporting. But you know, most a lot of times we go compete, you know, people don't really know, you know, what's going on because it's in the middle of the night. You know, people don't really know where to follow and, and that type of stuff. And um, that's why as competitors, at the same time, you know, we're you just get used to competing in a different time zone. Um, and again, that's just experience that you can't really get when you're in, in the United States. Unless you want to get up at six in the morning, four in the morning, and go in and do competitive matches, right. it doesn't happen very often. Right. So uh, why don't you? I just want to 
get your feedback, your thoughts. How, how did you think you performed? It was your first competition at 86. How did you feel? Um, were you disappointed? Were you pleased? Where, where do you fall on, on your performance? Well, I think, you know, the first thing is just, you know, getting experience uh, at a new weight class. You know, that's really the, the biggest key that, you know, I've been really focused on. You know, four months ago, I was wrestling 163 pounds, and I weighed in at 193 at this tournament. So, you know, it's a 30-pound difference uh, in weight change that I've made in four months. So in addition to, I think, you know, take a 30-pound vest, strap it on your body, and go compete. You know, that's kind of what it's been like for the last couple months. So, you know, getting adjusted to that is, you know, first and foremost, been the biggest thing that I've been uh, focusing on. So I guess going into the tournament, the thing that I was really probably, like, worried the most about was, my size, you know, how big would I feel, what I feel like compared to these new guys. Because at 74, you know, in, in reality, I knew that I was the biggest guy in the weight. Um, all I had to really do was focus on making weight, recovering, and I know I was going to be fine the next day. So going to the tournament, you know, that was definitely a big change. You know, I was traveling. I didn't have to worry about my weight. Uh, I was eating three meals, four meals a day, and that was great. That was a great feeling. Um, I think preparation going to the tournament um, – you know, I felt good, and, uh, you know, I, I, I won my first match against a, a pretty tough guy from Uzbekistan, and um, I ended up I lost on my next two matches, but I think getting that experience against those bigger guys uh, is a good key. I've been able to stay calm, and um, I've already got things in my mind that I, I know I can work on. So, ultimately, I didn't make I didn't make the change of 86 kilos to, to win Baku. Um, right. you know, I made it uh, for the Olympics, and I made it for the next cycle through 2020. Um, so kind of keeping that in mind, you know, I, I hate losing. So that's right. very frustrating. Um, you know, without a doubt, uh, you know, that's obviously very, you know, I, that's something I, I hate to do and, you know, coming back, but at the same time, you got to have a short memory. You know, we have a U.S. Open in, in two and a half weeks. Well, I guess the, the Olympic qualifier, which is, um, you know, a pretty high priority. So getting ready for that and, and just making changes and continue to improve, that's kind of the name of the game. And that's yeah. where you know, I came back, you know, I met with our coaches and already got a, kind of a, some things were assessed where I thought um, I think I did good, things that I can get better at. Um, and so that, that stuck in the competition, you know, having a list of things at this point um, are really good that I'm excited for to continue to get better. Yeah, where where does that how do, how do you get a perspective change like that, David? I mean, you probably haven't entered a tournament where uh, I'm looking to get experience. You've gone into every tournament you've entered with with a legit chance to win. So, was that something? Did the coaches have to talk with you through that, or is that just your maturity and you're just able to now um, you, you kind of understand where you are in the process? Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I didn't I didn't go there. You know to just get experience. Of course. You know, I was, but looking back, um, you know, looking back at my plan, you know, when I made a change uh, in July, and I said, okay, I'm going to go up to 86 kilos. I didn't plan on competing until the U.S. Open. I didn't really anticipate in my mind that I would be big enough to go compete. You know, really, realistically, you know, internationally, you only make scratch weight, you know, so I would only make 189 or over the past 163 the trials, you know, maybe the, the Pan American Games, um, the World Championships. You know, that's so you're really yeah. coming up scratch a few times a year. So when I knew going up to weight class, I knew it was okay, my first competition's you know, if I compete before that's at one ninety three, am I really ready to go wrestle one ninety three? Four months ago that was my thought. You know, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden I gained, 
you know, 25 pounds very fast. Jeez. So I was like, hey, you know, I think it's time for me to go compete and feel. Um, and I kind of talked to the national team coaches. I talked with uh, my coaches and just kind of thought, hey, I think it's a good time for me to go compete and get a feel. You know, I was like, I had some options to go to France, um, to go to Baku, and I thought that it would be great to go to the Grand Prix and wrestle really tough competition because, but, you know, the Golden Grand Prix um, is an invitational tournament. So each bracket, you only had like 12 guys, but they're 12 of the best guys in the world. You know, you know, they're made, you know, you may not see the number one, but you're seeing the number two uh, for most of those countries because if, if you don't send a, a representative, FIBA finds that country. So every, the countries that qualify, they send their best guys. You know, they send good guys. So I knew that going there, I would see really, really high quality guys. Yeah. So, Knowing going to that tournament, I was going to see those those guys um, and really get a feel for the guys that I'd be wrestling, you know, in the Olympics. So that was, um, you know, going into it, that was what I what I what I thought. Um, and at the same time, you know, and and, and to be honest, you know, I, I had a lot of I had a lot of nerves. You know, I, hmm. normally I didn't really have a lot of nerves to go compete. You know, I knew that in the past, you know, I had more nerves about making weight, and I didn't really have as much nerves about going and competing. Where this time, I was like, man, I don't have to worry about these other things. Um, I'm just, I, I'm just gonna go wrestle. And kind of yeah. going into that first match, um, you know, I had a lot of, you know, it's a lot of like, it's been a long time since I competed. You know, I had some anxiety. Um, it's just getting wanted to get out there and, and get the ball rolling. And uh, you know, I, I won that first match, and and getting ready for the second match, I wrestled a guy who was a 97 kilo guy last year, so mm-hmm. he was probably a little bit bigger, but. I felt good. You know, my, my size felt good. My strength felt good against those guys. Um, it's just got to make some little adjustments. You know, in the past, I, I knew I could just, you know, get some my tie up. And, and, and really, I thought I could kind of drag guys around and control the pace. But these guys, I just, and I've learned very quickly, um, just got to change some things that I'm doing, which I have no doubt. You know, I've come back, um, and I've been back for, one, you know, one day, one day of practicing, and I thought I've already made the changes um, in the direction that I need to do. Um, which is good, you know, coming back from a tournament at this point in this transition um, and having a better game plan. And that's kind of where it's all about, you know. Yeah. Growing, competing, testing what you think you need to do. Um, and, you know, if you have to make changes, make changes. Because in wrestling, you know, especially at this level, you know, I've had a lot of success you know, since, since, since I was a kid. You know, you got to constantly be able to, to adapt and change. And for me um, – you know, I've, I've done this now three times. I've made big weight jumps. I went from 112 to 135 in high school. I went from 135 to 157 in college. And now this is my biggest weight jump at the highest level of competing. So, you know, that it's just I know that for me my, my transition at time has been slow in the past. So knowing that that transition has been a little bit slow, but now also transitioning at an even higher level of competition um, – not to keep that in mind because I'm still competitive and I want to go out and, and get it done right away. But um, it's just it's a process, you know. And we're four months in Olympic trials, which is ultimately the most important thing between now and the Olympic trials. That's really the most important thing uh, to focus on. So right. um, continue to make changes um, and continue to improve and really try and, and get and really get better um, is really the ultimate mindset. So that's kind of where, where I'm at um, and where I'm at moving forward, you know, through the, the trials and or the, through the trials qualifier in two and a half weeks. And, um, 
all competitions after that. Right. Now, the the U.S. Open's coming up here in, in just a couple weeks, and it's it's going to be a pretty, pretty tough field. Um, a, a lot of tough competition's going to be there, including potentially your former teammate, uh, Ed Ruth, and, and kind of the long discussion. You know, when, when you and Ed were teammates and, and uh, Penn State was just smashing, uh, it was always the, the discussion, you know, who wins in the room because you both guys were just transcendent talents. Are, are you excited to compete against uh, your former teammates? Are there nerves there with the familiarity? Just what, what's your mindset around that? Well, I think first and you know, kind of the first thing you know comes to add is and just remembering back and just those, those teams that we were on together and how we were able to really together change, you know, not not really change the program, but what we we did and what we accomplished together on one team was pretty spectacular. And I think a lot of it goes back to we kind of fueled each other. You know, when we would go compete, I was always lighter than him, so most of the times I competed before him, and then you know we could go on the dual meets down by 15 points and in two matches we'd be back in the match you know with two catch two pins and so with that being said you know we have very similar styles so we're going to go out and we're going to score points and it's going to be exciting um and, and that's really what i you know i expect when i go competing that um at some point whether it's going to be at the at this tournament but he's he already qualified so he doesn't necessarily have to go to this tournament oh, okay. but um for all, just for all guys that have already qualified at the uh, NYC, the champion, the highest place in America, NYC, is already qualified for oh, the right, trial. Right. So those guys don't have to compete at the Open. Um, I think it's a choice at that point, depending on their training schedule. So when I'm training, you know, obviously I'm anticipating Ed being there because you know Ed. I look at Ed as a obviously a very strong competitor um, to make the Olympic team, and you know, I respect Ed. Uh, as a competitor, you know, he, he competes very hard, and he, it's going to be a back-and-forth match. You know, it's going to be exciting. Um, and it's definitely going to be something that people are going to want to watch, um, yeah. you know, one way or another. And it's going to, you know, Ed's, Ed's had a lot of success. So, um, you know, I have a lot of respect for him. You know, going back to our, when we competed together and we accomplished a ton of things at Penn State together. But, you know, the way it works out with only six-day classes, you know, everyone's going to try and get pick a weight that they think is most competitive and we we think that our weights are the, we think the most competitive weights for, for ourselves are you know have not happened to be the same weight class yeah and that's just uh one of the things i think that what makes the senior level you know what it you know as competitive as it is you, you know you get you get back to in high school you know and you got well, i don't know it's 14 weights in high school so a lot of times you know outside of maybe who's number one or uh Southern stuff. Well, the best kids don't really wrestle a ton. You know, then you get into college, it shrinks to ten weight classes. Right. The best guys wrestle, and they wrestle in the national. You know, and a tough bracket NCAs may have, you know, some all Americans sprinkled in there, maybe a couple national champions. Well, now you take those ten weight classes and you shrink them into six weight classes at the U.S. Open. Um, you know, or the or the Olympic team trials. We're talking about ten to twelve competitors that are all national champions, multiple time national champions. Wrestling first round, second round. You're not talking about just maybe a number one, number two seed team each other in the finals of the NCAA tournament. Well, you got those type of quality matches every single match. And from a fan perspective, man, it's it's got to be pretty awesome to you know to think about that or or even process that. That you know, there's so much emphasis at the national tournament. Um, man, maybe this number one seed wrestles number two seed, and we'll see this matchup we've waited for all year. Um, at the senior level, just seeing that that dream matchup first round. Yeah, you know, and it's just that's this at this level, you know, it's just 
you know, training and competing. Um, you're going to train and compete against your teammates. You know, you're going to wrestle and train against guys you wrestled in college. Um, and it's just you've got to be ready for every single match because at this level, you know, it's 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 one tournament defines if you're going to wrestle the rest of the year or if you're going to be not wrestling the rest of the year. Right. You know, it's like it's like training all year, and the only tournament you have is is uh, the national tournament, and only the national champion, or you're only training for the Big Tens, and only the Big Ten champion gets to wrestle in uh, you know in the nationals. So to speak, so it's uh, it's definitely you know a whole different level of, of competitiveness now, even than it's ever been before in my life. So just it's been nice, you know, kind of getting on this experience the last couple of years, um, and really having an idea of what to expect um, going into the into the into the U.S. Open or this year, I guess they don't, they're calling it the the Olympic Team qualifier. Trial Qualifier, and then the Olympic Trials. So it's uh, it's definitely exciting when you think about that. Um, it, they get a whole new you know, a whole new perspective to your training uh, of what to expect, you know, expecting. And a lot of times in my career, I didn't, you know, I wouldn't, even, you know, realistically I didn't have, you know, full matches maybe until the semis or finals of tournaments. Now expecting, you know, those tough matches right away, right out of the gate, especially now at 86. I mean, it's it's pretty so loaded. Deep. You know, you get 10 to, 10 to 12 guys that are very, very good. So, you know, expecting, you know, you know, I'm expecting going in the trial qualifier being, you know, a mid to low seed, so having to battle, you know, right away against the top seeded guy or, or guys that have been at 86 for a few years. Um, you know, that's what I'm expecting going into that tournament. So just getting ready, ready for that. Yeah, yeah, and we saw even at the Feral, you know, Molinero Pico was like a quarter, and then Molinero. So yeah, the, these with six weights, the the hammers hit early and often, and, and you're right that you get dream matchups every round. It's incredible. Looking looking at Penn State. David, um, right now you guys are the you're the number one team. You're there. You're around the team. Um, what are you seeing from the team? Um, maybe compare, contrast the teams that you were on. Not maybe in ability wise, but maybe just kind of the culture around that teams and and how you think they're looking so far. I think you know, first things first. I you know I I've kind of said this for a couple of years. Just just being around the program. Um, you know now this is it's pretty crazy to think that I've been around this program. For seven years, um, wow. We went through some changes, obviously, when I was a red shirt, uh, kind of into my freshman year, and then we had a lot of success in the four national championships, four years in a row. Um, and then we took a year where we knew we had a lot of great guys coming in, um, and, and not that we we weren't, I mean, we were still seventh in the country. I mean, we weren't not competitive, but it wasn't. We weren't a national. We didn't. We didn't really have firepower at the time to be national champions. But what we have on that mat right now is we have, you know, we have 10 guys that, you know, and unfortunately, you know, Nick Neville's being hurt at heavyweight. And I feel really, really bad for that kid because he is very, very talented and yeah. he's a very hungry guy who wants to get out and compete. Um, but we, we got we got nine guys going out there that they want to go out and compete and wrestle hard. And I, I believe that, you know, even the teams that I was on, this is our, our toughest, most balanced lineup we've ever had. And, and even more than the teams that I was on, and that's saying a lot because we were we won four national championships. So, but in addition to being, you know, competitive and balanced, we just we have young guys that are just very hungry. You know, obviously, you know, Jason Knopf uh, and Bo Nickel are guys that I spend, you know, I spend time with, and I just I love those kids. They're great kids, and they just love to wrestle. They just have a wrestling mind, and they just want to get better, and they want to go out and just dominate people. Um, and I'm very very excited for their their careers moving forward. Um, they're have, they're off to a big start right away. They're 
They both had big wins at Virginia Tech against yeah. high, highly ranked guys, and they've just been going out and kicking butt. And that's just awesome to see. It reminds me of, you know, going back, you know, when Ed and I were freshmen, um, just the way we went out, we just had the confidence that we could go out and win. It didn't matter if we were freshmen. We could go out and, and kind of and, and rush the way we wanted to go. And that's kind of that mindset that, that, that Bo and Jason have adopted. Um, and you could kind of see that in them when they came to school here. You know, I remember the first time I ever talked to Bo, you know, he just he just had something different. These guys were, these guys were, you know, first day on campus, and they were they were fighting with each other about who was going to win the Hodge Trophy as freshmen. You know, it's just <laughs> those are things that, you know, and, and and Nick Neville is the same. You know, all three of those guys. You know, and unfortunately, again, Nick's not wrestling this year, but they all three just kind of they fuel each other. You know, it's like man, he got eleven. You know, Bo got eleven takedowns I think in his first match at Penn State, and and Jason went out his two matches out west and got eleven takedowns each match. You know, it's just. That stuff is just, it's really exciting to see. And then you throw in um, Z- uh, Zane Rutherford, who is an animal. You know, yeah. he's just going to go out and he's going to, you know, he came out of the freshman, obviously, and had a big win over Logan. And um, he, he ended up getting fifth in Nationals. And he lost, I think, the two best guys that year. He lost to Logan and he lost to, to Mitchell Porter. But Agreed. he was right there as a true freshman, you know. And now giving him a redshirt year where he was hungry and he had some big battles with Pico, obviously. And, he he has any, I, don't, I think he's only been on the second period one time this year. So he's going out with a with a whole new mindset of, of scoring points. And just he just a, he's a physically dominant guy. He's going to just beat you down. He's a guy that I guarantee you wrestle one time and you are not going to want to wrestle him again. You know, as he's that kind of guy. You know, we're both very slick, and he's going to go out and he's going to put up 15 points. Um, you know, and the guy's going to be like, I don't even know what hit me. You know, and he's going to go out and. He's going to be nonstop. You got Nico at 25. You know, he's, he's, he's extremely consistent. He's going to go out and wrestle as hard as he possibly can. And um, he's been right there um, knocking on the door for three years. You know, and he, he's back in the lineup. And he's, he's probably hungry, more hungry now than I've ever seen him to want, really want to get in there and, and get the job done. Uh, really excited about uh, Shakur Rashid. Um, he just, he's a guy that he's pretty raw. He yeah. came out, of, he's a two time state champion in New York. and he got hurt. He, he, it was hurt his freshman year, so he, he missed out on those. I think he would have really benefited from, you know, 30 redshirt matches, kind of, you know, getting used to that competition and and experience and match awareness. But, um, you know, he's a, he's a big 65-pounder, so uh, getting getting adjusted to the way I think he uh, he wrestled out in, out west and, and it was all his two duels and, and wrestled pretty hard and wrestled pretty well. I think he's a guy that, uh, again, I think he's going to really be in the mix um, as we get into this year. As he gets more matches and more awareness, uh, I think he's a guy that you're going to look back you know, now and maybe not think as much, but when it's time the Big Ten and Nationals come, he's going to be a guy that's going to be in the mix uh, as an All-American because he just has that. He comes off matches and he, he wants to know, you know, how can I get better? You know, What can I do to dominate these guys? You know, I think those are that, that mentality, you know, as you go through the lineup, is just something that is just really, really unique um, to have, like, nine, ten guys that think that way. Um, And I think that culture is just so contagious. And I I just – it's just – it's almost, you know, know, it's almost – it's just so exciting to be around a program um, that's obviously had the success that we've had and to have new guys in here that are just really hungry. And I just – it just – I think it's going to continue to to evolve and and – you know, it just says a lot about our, our coaching staff. David, and, you and seem people. you seem really dialed into the team, really still connected to the team um, in all facets. Um, you know, maybe it's 
four years from now or 12 years from now, but, um, or maybe next year, whatever, um, is coaching in your future? Yeah. I mean, I, I love the sport and I would love to coach. I, um, you know, right now I want to compete and I, I look at it as, uh, you know, I think to be the best coach that you can be, to be the best coach that I can be, I want to be focused on coaching only. Um, to be the best competitor, you got to be only thinking about competing. And I think it's very, if you're doing both, you're doing, you know, one's going to fall short. So I think, you know, when I'm done competing, I want to coach and I want to be all in. Um, and I would love to take the experience. Um, and I've been around a lot of great coaches. You know, really, I was very lucky yeah. from the day I started until, you know, every day I go in the room now, I've been around, I believe, the best coaches at every level. So, you know, with that being said, I think I have a lot of things that, I've been able to kind of learn and, and be around that I can share. I can share with someday, and I, I, mean, I would love to be able to coach a successful program and you know, follow in the footsteps of you know of Kale. You know the way he competed, um, had a lot of success, the, the highest level of success at every level, and and now he's. You know, I think once all said and done, you're going to look back, and, and Kale Sanders is going to be you know arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time. You know, just the way that he's been able to not only have the success as a wrestler, but has, has success as a coach. So I think one day I'd love to be able to kind of follow in those footsteps. And, um, you know, I think that would be really exciting Yeah. when it, when it, when it's time for that. David, one, one thing, I mean, you, you had an amazing career. And we're seeing um, every year now and every week, and we saw it this week with Jason Sertz going down, big guys, elite guys are getting upset. It happened to Logan. He lost to Zane. It happened to Ed. It happened to Dean. It, you know, it, it happens all over. You were never really upset. I mean, you lost to Dake, and you had your your loss to Bubba, which is kind of a match that's its own weird category that I, I don't really know where you put it. But how were you able to year in and year out uh, n- not get upset? It's something that happens to, to almost every guy. You didn't miss extended time. You never got upset. How do you think you were able to be on every single match? Well, I think that you know, I think one of the things that happens um, is sometimes that a lot of times when guys get upset, you know, it's towards their, it's like their junior and senior year. You know, they've had a lot of success early, you know, and, and they're, they're towards the end of their career, and they may just take, take somebody lightly. But the reality is there's always there's always that freshman that's going to come in. You know, there's the Jason Sturgis, you know, Logan as a freshman. I mean, you can go in, each one of those guys that you said came in as freshmen, and they were that guy going in and beating the upper level guys, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I think the one thing, more than anything, is you just can't take anyone for granted uh, in college wrestling because yeah. there's always that next, there's always gonna be that next freshman that's gonna come in that thinks that, you know, or it doesn't have to necessarily even be a freshman. You know, it can be somebody that just believes that they can win. Um, because there's a lot of coaches out there that are good coaches, and I think one of the hardest things, you know, looking back on my career is if not that it's easy, but you come in as a freshman, you know, and you're, you don't really understand necessarily, like, you're just coming in here to wrestling, you know, and you get off to a hot start. And I saw it my freshman year, you know, with, with Andrew Alton um, and more than and probably anyone else. If he came in right away and he had, like, 15 pins in his first 20 matches. Mm-hmm. And then coaches get film, and then they can see things, they can analyze, and they can make adjustments. And I think that's where you see guys – um, you know, if they, they fall is, you know, as they get later in their career, there's a lot of film on those people, and coaches can, they can plan for that guy. I mean, you kind of think, you know, for Dave Dean, I'm sure 
um, you know, the, the guy playing specifically for him. You know, for Logan, you know, I know that, you know, a lot of Zane's preparation was to wrestle Logan. You know, yeah. and that, those are the things that when you're in Logan's perspective, you're not thinking, oh, I'm going to wrestle this freshman from Penn State. I'm going to be okay. You right. know, and that's just a mentality that you can't really have. And, and there were times, you know, where in my, you know, towards like my junior and senior year where, not that I overlooked somebody, but, you know, I just maybe would go going out and they would give me a tough match for a period or two periods, but I just would always, was always able to you know, just stay consistent. And I remember wrestling, you know, Dylan Palacio yeah, at the Southern Scuffle, and it was like two to one in the third period. You know, obviously he came out and had a game plan to wrestle me, but I just stayed consistent with what I was doing and I was able to score, uh, you know, kind of put some points on the board in the third period. And it just those are things you got to be able to do. As you, if you're the top guy, um, you got to be willing and understanding that people are going to come out and they're going to give you their absolute best. Yeah. You know, and it may be for a minute, two minutes, three minutes. You know, it, you know, if you're the best guy, you got to be able to, you know, understand that that's coming and still be able to get your offense. And there's going to be times in your collegiate season when you make weight, you know, 20 times. That one of those times you make weight or two of those times you make weight, you're not going to feel your best. Yeah. You know, but you got to be able to know. Okay, I don't feel that good today. I got to be able to rely on the things that that make me good. You know, and you know, each person has a different thing. Um, and sometimes those things just in the middle of the season they just don't. You know, you met, whether you didn't make weight correctly, you didn't warm up right. You know, the guy just came out and and did something that you didn't weren't expecting. You know, he does a. That's what makes college wrestling great, though. You yeah. Know, there's just so much talent on any given day, so it's just. Um, and there's a lot of things, you know, being being the, the returning national champion or being the guy that everyone expects to win, you know, in that territory, you're always against somebody that no one expects to win, you know. And that person can come out with really nothing to lose and they can wrestle, you know, maybe the match of their life someday uh, duel me on a Friday afternoon um, when maybe you didn't make weight correctly. Right. And, and that's where I think, I think a lot of times in college where guys fall short is I think weight management. You know, I think being around, you know, college wrestling for really, you know, where I competed and now since, I think guys that lose when, when they're not supposed to, I think a lot of times it happens to be due to weight management. You know, it's just, you know, weight, weighing in and competing one hour after you can wrestle is, you know, if you don't do what you're supposed to do that week, you know, in one hour, there's really nothing you can do to feel your body to make yourself feel better. You know, you really making weight has to do with what you're doing on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, to make weight on Friday. If you wait till the end of the week and, you know, you're just not going to recover and you're not going to feel great. And if that guy comes out and he can wrestle hard pace, you know, I think that's where a lot of people, uh, when they lose, you know, I think that's that's kind of why they lose. Sure. What um, you, you mentioned, and this was something I was going to ask about, you know, getting a guy's best shot, but what were some things that maybe they would try to do to take you off your game, maybe a little dirty, maybe a little um, this, that, you know, I saw this week, you know, Luma Scola gouges, at Imar's eyes, did, did you, as your kind of, I want to say legend grew and you were just beating guys bad, what were some of the things, and you don't have to name names, but that guys would do to, that where they were trying to frustrate you? I think that, um, you know, I, man, looking back, you know, some guys that were tough, it's guys that just, you know, they wouldn't really, you know, guys that wouldn't shoot, you know, guys that would just really really focused on just like holding on. They would just like clamp onto my head. They were just trying to hold a two on one. Um, you know, I'm 
the things that, were, that the guys would do, you know, in matches. And a lot of what happened was the reality was the way that I wrestled that a lot of people came in matches and they didn't really think that they were going to win. You know, they instead of thinking they were going to win, they just didn't want to lose by eight points. Mm-hmm. You know, because so what they would do is on bottom, they wouldn't let me like cut them. You know, or they would they would take bottom and lay there knowing that I was going to cut them at some point, and they were trying not let me take them down. You know, so that was you know some things that uh, the coaches would do. I never understood because I was great on top, and I believed one of the things that I always had a lot of confidence in. And kind of going back is. If I didn't feel good, you know, and maybe that first period I wasn't really getting my shots off and I was maybe a little tired, you know, or whatever it may be, I always knew I was going to get on top. If I had to take top, you know, if that guy took bottom, I was going to get on top, I was going to get my right time point, and I was going to get a couple turns, and that would kind of get me kind of jump-started. Yeah. So when guys, it never makes sense to me, guys would take bottom. And they would just <clears> take bottom to just kind of ball up and just, you know, at the time kick off the clock. And that's where I had to make a decision. Am I going to just ride this guy for two minutes and not put and not score? Or am I going to cut this guy and really try and get some offense going on my feet? So I think that was the decision I had to make in a lot of matches where against guys that were a little bit better was really make a decision. Am I going to really try and, you know, turn this guy for two minutes? And if I can't turn him, you know, waste his time and, you know, maybe go into the second or third period with only a two- or three-point lead? Or am I going to try and cut this guy and really try and get a couple takedowns in this period and then turn them in the third period. You know, those are the things that a lot of decisions that I had to make against some of those better guys uh, that were trying to keep the match close or, or trying to frustrate me. Yeah. And those are the things, kind of looking back. Um, and, they were, and they were just guys that were good. They were guys that were just good wrestlers that um, it just took time to score on. Um, you know, or guys would shoot off the whistle and get a takedown and, uh, you know, try and, you know, ride me or just things that they, you know, guys, there's some guys that game plans that try and come out and beat me. And there were guys that game plans that were just trying to, you know, realistically kind of just try to survive the periods. So, um, you know, those were kind of looking back. Uh, those are some of the frustrations that I had, uh, you know, when I was competing in college. Yeah. Well, David, we've, we've run a little bit over, but we really appreciate you, you hopping on. Glad you're back home safe and sound. I know you had kind of a, a different kind of Thanksgiving. You got anything else f- for us before we go? No, I just uh, you want to thank you for having me on. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I appreciate you guys' uh, support you know, with international wrestling. I think that's huge. You know, I think, you know, as we talked about, um, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of competition at the international level. Um, and in the United States, uh, on the, on the senior level. So I think that's something that, you know, that support is obviously, uh, very encouraging and, you know, just, you guys do a great job covering the sport. So, you know, I, I appreciate you having me on and it was, it was kind of fun, uh, talking with you guys, talking, yeah. obviously talking about Penn state. So, yeah, well, well, thanks a lot for coming <laughs> thanks, on David, David and we'll, we'll see you down the line. Good luck at, uh, the Olympic trials qualifier. All right. Thanks guys. Yep. See ya. Thanks bud. David Taylor, the magic man. You may know. You gotta him love as. that kid, huh? Yeah, great kid. Glad he could come on. I was wondering. Oh man, traveling that uh, all the way around the the earth. N- not that enticing, but um, I guess that's part of part of the process. Being an elite wrestler, you gotta do all that stuff. So cool having him on. Glad he was um, willing and able. Um, Willie, uh, we have gone over a little bit, but if there's anything you want so to, what? so what? So what? Try to stop us, guys. We don't have to stop just because we're at 11.03 East Coast time. You want to get a couple things out there before we go? Well, I did want to um, 
go over the international stuff. I'll do it real quickly. I mean, there was a huge. We, we sent humongous, we humongous sent guys all over, and gals. Right. Um, uh, Golden Grand Prix. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't um, hit these, even though we're overtime. Um, the Golden Grand Prix had a ton of talent there. Logan beats a world champion. Um, Romanov, and then loses to Kurt and Leev in the finals to take silver. Um, very encouraging performance. Great performance there by Logan. Bexad um, over Asgarov. You know, Asgarov comes up, but Bexad beats him. Hey, hey, you know, Bexad's right there, man. I mean, he is. Huh. I mean, obviously, he he medaled um, two years ago. This year, he sort of kind of blew a match to take him out of, self, out of medal contention, but um, Bexod's darn good. Oh my gosh. Uh, Helen wins an amazing way. She, she beats, um, Sophia Matson, who had Yoshi, who gave Yoshida, um, a great match. So, so Helen, the world champ up a weight comes down for the first time. Um, gotta love where Helen's at right now. Elena Pierskova won a strong weight class, um, with, uh, Grigor Ava in there. Um, Greco did not have a great weekend. Kilke took bronze, but other than that, um, our Greco results weren't too sharp. Um, at the club cup, uh, Tony Ramos went, um, had just one loss. That was to Kinchingish Bealy. Um, champ. and you know, <laughs> we don't have a lot of time to talk about these things, but it's important to get these results out. But, um, Yazdani, who's about five, four, um, gutted Jake Varner several times. Oh, it just gosh. blows my mind. Jake Varner is a humongous uh, man. But um, the yeah, leopard so of Jabbar looking very leopardish once more, recovering from a from a leg injury. Now he's looking he's looking good. Yeah, I, you know I I'm a huge fan. I've always please Willie, don't you backtrack? No, 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 no. I'm gonna be I'm, I'm gonna get there. All right. I've always been a huge fan of him. He was like my favorite, like to the to the point where like. I'm you like, had fat heads am made. I, am I, um, is that anti American to like really love uh, an Iranian wrestler? Uh, I felt a little guilty about it, but he was like a favorite of mine. Then, and this is where Christian's talking about not backtracking. Then I was of the opinion, like, he's done. He's washed up. He ain't never going to be what he was. And maybe I was wrong. Yeah, he does. Because he just teched uh, Farner. Titan Mercury, overall second good job by Titan Mercury in that group. And, and uh, you know, not only the guys that wrestled, but the funding and financing that went into taking a team over there. Awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah, hey, another thing I want to uh, press you a bit. You were a little um, reluctant to back Logan. Not back Logan, but you don't like Logan at 65. You think he should be at a lower weight. Are you changing your tune a little bit? He beats a world champion. He wrestled with Kerbin Aliyev. Are you ready to issue a public apology to Logan Stieber? <laughs> uh, I don't want to say that. I don't think I have anything to apologize for. I think when I think when there's, I think at 65 he's fine, better than I thought he would be um, this early on. But I think. I do still think when there's a 61 weight class that he should be at 61. Okay. All right. He just beat a world champ at 65. No, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Clearly. Uh, hey, I root for him at 65. Um, at 61, I think he's world championship material. Or I mean, I, I guess obviously when you beat Romanov, you're world championship material at 65 anyway. But 
I don't know, when he's at 61, then I think we kind of have like two championship champion contenders. I don't know. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. Um, so we, we ran, we kind of blew through this. Um, we hit a lot. Willie, I'm worried. Well, hey, I, are you leaving? What are you leaving le- That's what I was going to say. I'm leaving Thursday morning to go to Vegas for freaking Cliff Keen, which I'm fired up for, but it hurts our, our flow radio grind. Maybe we could do something Thursday when I get there. I'll bring my little kit. We can maybe get the people something. If yeah. something pops off in the next we'll couple of days. We'll do it later days. in the day on Thursday or something, huh? Maybe. Maybe we can do that. I get there pretty early. Like, I'm leaving at 5 in the morning from here. So, it's uh, flying out at 5. So, early start there. So, I'll get there at, in good hours. So, maybe we can. We'll try to get you something. It probably, and by probably, I mean definitely won't be live. But we can get we can get the people what they want. Um, anything else to that end, Willie, before we, um, bid them adieu? No, I'm just, um, really, you know, that was kind of a wrap up some of the things we hit and I'm really looking forward to the week ahead. Cliff Keen, obviously, uh, Las Vegas, and then, um, some duels around the country. Um, and so looking forward to all the stuff that, uh, all the flow wrestling team is going to be putting out for that different, um, Putting different context around some things, some previews, some odds articles, whiteboard wars, and such, and it should be a really, really good weekend of wrestling. Should be a great week, and and with that, we're gonna say goodbye to you guys for now. Um, we thank you as always for tuning in. We'll be back definitely next week. Maybe we'll get you something Thursday. Stay tuned on that. Uh, when we know, you will 100% know. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes. Make sure you are given that five-star rating out and um yeah we'll see you next time tune in for cliff keen las vegas tune in for oklahoma state nc state this weekend and we will see you next time thanks guys